You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Graceland After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Graceland After Show. Welcome to After Buzz Graceland, episode 10, King's Castle. Bing is for doing, and we are doing another episode here tonight. I'm Julie Parton. My name is Stephanie Georgie. I am Stephen Lemieux. And this is our fantastic special guest, Colin Walker. Woo! All right. You may recognize him from The Butler and Treme, where he plays an FBI agent. He also happens to be a huge fan of our series, so we're stoked to have him in the house tonight. Yes. Thanks for having me. It's yeah. great to be here and talking about the great show. So how'd you become a fan? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm always a fan of cop shows, new cop shows. And uh, a friend of mine is engaged to one of the executive producers. So I had TiVo'd a couple of episodes and just got hooked after the first couple episodes. That's pretty much what yeah. everybody says. Exactly. Mind blown. Yeah. This show's crazy. So much action happens in every episode. Well, and also each cop is a bad guy. It's yeah. like they're all bad guys and cops all rolled into one. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 I look from the, like what was it, what was it that drew you in for the pilot? Was it was it the ending? Because I always say like the ending of the pilot was the one like ah, that's where they're getting everyone back. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's investigating Briggs, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, because you know even though like we talked about, Mike is a sort of a classic hero in a way. He's sort of a bad guy because in a way he's even betraying everybody in the house because he's undercover, undercover. So that the uh, each of the characters kind of you know did it for me. Also the fact that you know it's it's a bunch of cops on the beach surfing. How yeah. bad can that be? Right. <laughs> well, we <laughs> something from the age. right. <laughs> we start out the episode with a little bit of a story that I thought was going to develop into a plot, but it was really just a warning. I think they were talking about another cop that they knew, Klein, mm-hmm. who in self defense killed a perpetrator, but he since he was on pain pills is spending the rest of his life in jail. So this is, they really like to justify everything Briggs does. And Briggs, if Briggs doesn't say it himself, they have to justify it in another way. And this is just another way of them doing a storytelling in Briggs's mind why he's doing what he's doing. Because he could say, oh, I killed Jangles, oh, I killed this, but at the same time he was under the effect of alcohol, he wasn't in his right mind, and he killed a man, which would completely ruin his career. Yeah, and so we see the scene on the beach. We go right back there immediately, which I was thankful that they didn't dry it out. And Briggs takes the mask off. So for the first time, he's finally seeing this guy's face, and he says, you're just a dude. Just a regular guy, yeah. You're just a face. Nothing yeah. scary under there. No Phantom of the Opera up in this house. Yeah. Oh, you're just a face. All right. Well, let me load you in my car. Let me drive that to the hall. It. We'll get you a nice little spot. It's cool. <laughs> so you guys think he really thought he killed Jangles because he seemed so anticlimactic about it. Yeah. I mean, he seemed relieved, truthfully, because, yeah. you know, Jangles was the boogeyman. He was the chupacabra. He was like... The like, big bad. Exactly. And that's so he pulls off the mask and it's like, oh, 
you're just another guy. But I also like that, you know, because there's always this gray area about Briggs, whether he's really good or really bad. But, you know, after he accidentally killed the uh, who he thought was Jangles, he did roll him up in a bag and put him in his thing and go bury him in the desert. Yeah. Which is clearly a bad guy move. It is. It, absolutely. And that's right? the first thing that got me. It, it broke my heart to see that because I like I had some level of respect for Briggs. I'm like, well, maybe we're going to find out something else. But once you do that, I mean, you have no respect for that person for what you're doing. And But it's, it's just like the concept behind the show like Dexter where he works in it so he knows the steps to take to prevent being found out about it. Yeah. He's not just going to drag the body out to the ocean. I want to throw a point out here, though because some people who are commenting on our YouTube videos and iTunes and things are saying that before, they're like, okay, Briggs is doing all this, all this selling the heroin, getting at the Casa Cartel, just to lure Jangles out to kill Jangles. Okay, if he was doing all this, it would have been more of a revelation and more of a enormous weight off his shoulders once he had killed Jangles. That's yeah. true. So, I right. did. I thought that after, changed, yeah. after he thought he was going to kill Jangles, the whole Odin thing would be up. I thought the Odin thing was try to lure Jangles. Well, even then, I would I would assume that Briggs would have more of a like after shooting Jangles and finding out oh you're just some guy you'd think he'd say something like not not so tough now like he'd be more he'd be more accusatory he'd be more like yeah you just you did all this to me you did you put me on heroin you ruined my life and I just killed you but he seems so indifferent by the fact that he's dead that I don't know if it's just that he didn't think he was Jangles when Yeah, he no, I have a feeling that that's it because maybe <laughs> he just feels like everything's unfinished right now. But See, I think I think it's what you talked about that first scene because they show it's a year and a half earlier and they're setting up that and he even says, you know, if you're loaded, it's murder. If you're not, you're a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think after he kills Jangles, the first thing he does is he sees the bottle. And so he can't really I think part of it is he can't celebrate because if he gets like he can't bring him in and say, look, I killed Jangles because he was loaded. He so, probably wished it had happened differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wished he wasn't drunk. He was going to get a medal. Everybody would recognize all of his hard work. But here's my point, is that either way, he just killed the guy that uh, everyone commenting is assuming that his, the whole reason he became Odin to lure out. Right. Right. So that's where I'm like, well, everybody's <laughs> wrong because there is a bigger conspiracy going on here as to why Briggs became Odin and is going against the cartel. It's more than revenge at this point. I definitely thought I it was... I agree with you I on thought that it was point, revenge. Yeah. He did not drop it. He kept up with his evil Odin ways this entire episode. But he, all he was doing was covering his tracks as Odin. He wasn't starting new stuff as Odin. All he was doing was trying to take yeah, Charlie off, off his track, it, Right. right? I mean, did You're he do right. anything new as Odin? He didn't do any new drug deals. I guess I can't get past my mind what happened in the prison. So we right, should with, we should jump into that. Yeah, well, yeah into Odin, Mike. Odin's dead, though. Odin's, Odin's done. He gave away all his heroin to Bello. So Odin will not do drug deals anymore? Yeah, so I'm, I, I think he was using... I mean, it, it's, a, it's such It'll a be weird situation yeah. to see how they play it out. But Briggs was going... He lured out Jangles through Bello... Which seems like it was his end goal, but Bello is still around, and if Briggs wanted Bello dead, he could probably have Bello dead. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering why Bello is still around and how he's playing to Briggs' needs right now. Right. Well, Bello's in jail. 
Yeah. yeah. And still very much in control of himself. We yes. were, we were so impressed. He's such a boss. <laughs> yeah. He's getting interrogated by Charlie. At first, two agents, which he completely schooled. Yes. He wants a deal. So Charlie gets And nothing less. Get They're out. like, we could protect you in jail. We could set you up with a suite in jail. And he's like, what if I want to avoid jail altogether? <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie's like, you two, out. Yeah, which uh, ruins everything. And I had a feeling, too, I don't know why she decided to go in there. Sometimes it gets me mad when they kind of involve themselves in the other cases because of, like, what happens later. What, you know, wh- why wouldn't you think of that? And it's so frustrating. So she interrogates him, and then, sure enough. Yeah, uh, she should have kept her cover for sure. Yeah. I, I guess yeah, she thought... Yeah, but she's clearly on the war path. She, yeah. You know. yeah. She thought those guys were not doing good enough a job, and she could get the job done. Of right. course. And I get that she's, a, like, a, a badass, if you will, and everything else, but at the same time, just think about it, you know? Especially if it's not done. If I, it's not done, then there's plenty of things that have to keep going. Well, she so, didn't get very far with him either. Exactly. I, no. I have to disagree with you on that. And in the way that she's not going into other people's cases and she's not going where she's not wanted. Her original case, I mean, she's been wanting to bring down Bella from the start. And her case was to get at Odin. And she's she did the undercover. She's already mm-hmm. done with that. They took Odin into custody, and now it's her job to try to get the information yeah. out of him because that's her case. It's Briggs and her on this case. They brought Mike into it. Right. So it's originally her and Briggs's case. Mm-hmm. She's not stepping on any toes being a part of this. And after they brought Bello in, she has a right to be the one to interrogate him. Well, but even so, if she's still so much a part of it, she shouldn't have been in there de- interrogating him because it's her case. She's involved. Yeah, she. They were just saying, that saying just like she could have kept her undercover, yeah, and let the other guys do the dirty work face to face with him. Yeah, that was also though before they sent Mike back into prison because right. they yeah. thought Mike's cover was blown and that that was all done. That that right. was no longer going to be a thing. So Mike comes stumbling out of his room. He left the hospital against the doctor's orders. He's bleeding everywhere. He has this yeah. nasty oh, wound with a little <laughs> tiny bit of gauze over it. And they all say, wow, didn't know you were back home so soon. Right. Paige, rude as ever. We were getting a lot of flack online for Paige hate. And it's not always Paige hate. It was Paige betrayal last week that was really painful. Mm Mm-hmm. She kicked right. Mike while he was down. She basically kicked that nasty wound <laughs> with her foot. She pulled a bellow and punched him in the knife. Yes. <laughs> I think that's. I think I'm going to coin that phrase. If you punch someone where they've been stabbed, yeah. you're 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 pulling a bellow. Yeah. Pulling a bellow. <laughs> <laughs> but we see that. Mike, not better. And yet Charlie, rabid dog, wants to send him back into prison. She thinks that's the thing that could get Bello to talk. Well, she's willing to to go after Bello at any cost and, mm-hmm. and therefore through Bello find Odin. I mean, mm-hmm. she's trying to to avenge... Um, she's trying to avenge uh, Whistler. Whistler. Yeah. yeah. But at this point, it doesn't seem like she wants Bello at all. It really seems like she's only... Well, because she's caught up with she's just wants Odin. She's So only... now it's messing with her head, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I think it was a great... Sorry to interrupt. I, I think it was a great idea to send Mike in because there... You saw... Bello was relieved to see him at first when he was yeah. talking. He definitely could have gotten something out of Bello if it hadn't been for Briggs it's calling just... up and... and it's, ne- appointment. it's never good to be suspicious of people you live with. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> I've had seven apartments since I've moved to LA. Trust me. Oh, God. It's a terrible feeling to be like, I gotta hide this. <laughs> uh, gotta make sure that I seal it a certain way and put it in the fridge. Oh, I know you touched it. I mean, it's. I know, know you ate my yo play. Exactly. <laughs> so I can, I can understand why you'd be a little bit driven crazy by, eh, you might be selling heroin to the cartel <laughs> or to Bella. So. 
it's understandable that that Charlie's going really crazy. This is this episode kind of culminates everything that's been off kilter with everyone since the start of the season. Definitely. We see it in Briggs, we see it in Johnny, we see it in Charlie, we see it in uh freaking Mike for God's sakes, he's actually spilling the beans to a lot of people. I mean Everything's slowly coming together, and we have two episodes left. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think Briggs, talking about the the whole episode and everybody's arc, you know, I think Briggs, for the first time, you see a couple of clearly really bad moves. I mean, he not only rolls up a body, but then later he sabotages Mike. You know, he makes the call to put um, Bella in the room. It seemed like he was the voice of reason. Don't send Mike. He's not healthy yet, but... Like Stephen pointed out, he is one step ahead of him constantly yeah. on trying to keep them away from Odin. That's the only. It, it, we don't even know. If oh, he he's definitely about at he's all. a master schemer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And why wouldn't he together. be protecting himself? I mean, everything that Briggs is doing with reason at this point in regards to him taking care, of, like looking out for his own self. But oh man, it's just too frustrating. I was with no. him, though, even though I didn't realize he was lying at first. I'm like, Mike, no! No, Mike! <laughs> Go back to the hospital! You shouldn't even be home right now. <laughs> I love the. Uh, I love that we could call out the chemistry with Paige and Mike. We're like, oh, they're gonna think he slept with her! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, right on it, Johnny... He's like, you dirty dog. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike goes into prison. Orange is the new black. He gets he gets oh, hooked up. And awesome Bella, show. like you said, was really glad to see him. Like, it my was. friend, my buddy. Yeah. Us. Yeah. I want to talk about this scene for a second because it's really an interesting dynamic between Bella and Mike here in that Mike is always a follower to Bello. Bello is the one in control, and Mike is always the one a step behind because that's his role as the bodyguard. In this one, Bello knows how much Mike has on him. I mean, even even then, though, Bello is like, "This is this is my friend. Eddie's gone. This is the only friend I have." Bello's the follower in this scene, mm-hmm. and Mike's the one in control. And yeah. this is the very first time we actually really see that. And I actually wanted to see more of this dynamic. And of course, we see what happens next. But even then, I wonder where they're going to take Mike and Bello's storyline, because I don't think that's the last we see of them together in a scene. Well, yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the episode, they're sitting together. Why did Bello call him, and why does Mike go back in? Exactly. You know, I think it's interesting. It opens the door to finding out what happens next, because who's to say that Bello doesn't lead Mike to Odin you know, mm-hmm. Briggs as Odin. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's where they're headed with it. It, it. It'll be interesting to see. Well, it's good. Even no matter how much um, how undercover you are, yeah. I'm sure there's some level of friendship there. Even if he hates him, even if he can't stand yeah, him. Yeah, once you spend time with someone, of course. Yeah, there's Absolutely. still that level of famili- familiarity. So I could see Bello being the kind of person that would kind of and of course he knows how to play people Bello is the one to play people Mm -hmm. so using Mike to kind of better himself in the prison using what he knows about Odin with Mike it's going to be brilliant I think that's what they're going to go into next season because I said it before I really think Bello is a second season character really I I think really I'm wondering you know I I think Bello knows now though that Odin is uh, FBI also Probably. Yeah. He might. Think? After everything that happened, he's I think that's what the meeting was for. Like he's, I think he's now, and Bello, we all know, knows what he's doing. I think he's now creating something else. That's why they're meeting. I mean, it didn't show it in that episode, but after seeing Charlie and uh, and Mike together, and he he knows that Mike knows um, Briggs or Odin. Or I could see that. I could see him why thinking think back that? Why wouldn't everybody. He think that anyone else involved with Mike oh, is know. FBI. You're right. Now so something he- else is going to happen. 
He, that's uh, why the, that's why he met up with him because he left. He calmed down. He's sitting in the cell. What do you think he's doing? Nothing but thinking and thinking and thinking because he got played. So now he has to go back to the very beginning and retrace absolutely everything. And he's probably wondering why he knowing that Odin is FBI and at the same time a bad cop. Yeah. You know? let's he's talk putting about, the pieces together. Let's talk right. about that crazy scene where Bello found out that Mike was a Fed because that, that was gut-wrenching. In more ways. Yeah, than well, one. you know, it was interesting. I was just thinking about that. Why didn't it, Charlie was like standing there screaming, "Get him off him!" Get out! Like, why didn't she just dive like in? Inter- yeah, Char- I wanted her to dive in. So Charlie went to visit Mike. Right, Briggs. In my opinion, one of the most evil things he's done yet this season Straight calls in calls. and schedules a meeting with. We learn a lot of things about Bello. Jeremiah Bello is his name, and yeah. apparently he has, has a, wife a wife and, and kids. kids. Yeah, and he didn't seem concerned about them one minute this entire <laughs> <laughs> nor tonight. Well, even well, when they say we'll, we'll keep your wife and kids safe, he says, "Oh, they're fine." <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Isn't yeah. that funny? They're he protected. Thought, he thought he was secure last episode, and he was right. not very I secure. Right. I gotta, I gotta point out something though, because every other episode we can justify what Briggs is doing as for a greater good, right? And this is the first episode yes. where he's it's doing things that just for are something. just pr- to protect himself. He risked Mike's life because they're talking. Bella sees him. You're a fed. Walks up. Like Steven says, punches him right in the open. Pulls a bellow. Yeah. Pulls a bellow. Pulls a bellow. He could have let out right there. And yet yeah. Charlie was weenie yeah. in that moment. Stop! Get off him! I know. That made me so mad because if I was, I would have knocked Bellow out like right away. I mean, now that he knew. <laughs> bam! Maybe it was just all happening so fast. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, that's I mean, one of the great things about all these characters is that they they travel in morally gray area, ethically gray. And this is the first time where it's absolutely clear that what Briggs is doing is just for himself. That's black. And yeah. evil. There's nothing great about that. Right. But I didn't see this coming. I thought Mike was going to be undercover with Bello for a while. I thought we would see him in prison. I thought that would develop as a story. This came early in the episode and it's a big shock. I know. Yeah. Well, I think the I think the what I just realized too is the great thing about the greater good again with Briggs is Jengles is still out there and he's dealing with Charlie, which is terrible because now we have Charlie who's in danger, which we like. Briggs who's putting other people in danger to cover his cover who he is as Odin, but there's no one else who can lure Jangles away and save Charlie but Odin. So Briggs is going to have to reassume the role of Odin to lure Jangles out again. That's true. Right. That's so. definitely true. We didn't get a lot of new information concerning the drug case because there wasn't any more new information to have. Bella's right. in jail. Odin's gone MIA. Well, the other interesting thing, I think, about Odin bringing that up is, you know, Jangles is after Odin mm-hmm. in a way. You know, the, I mean, the, the FBI federale, the real jangles, mm-hmm. and going through, uh, at the end, we see Charlie bringing, and it's interesting that Charlie doesn't reveal, I mean, do you think that she's thinking it's Briggs, yes, but she just doesn't, she's not sure that she trusts him yet. It's right. just in case. Uh, yeah. Do you know how much it was on the line with what she just said? With if she told him, yeah, 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 I think there's definitely was, that moment. He was the one. I mean, I'm watching this and I'm like, if she tells him, he will burn down Graceland like he did the estate, and everyone in it will die. Right. That's how much your word weighs right now, Charlie. Right. So, I mean, this is you're, you got to imagine. This is the guy who killed the five agents. This is the guy. 
Yeah. yeah. No, I I mean, I guess I didn't realize it before that she was sitting across from the person who had killed the five agents. Yeah. No, she doesn't know that. Exactly. No. She just thinks she, she's on. But clearly she's not entirely sure that she trusts him. Because if she did 100% trust him, she, she would have said Paul Briggs. Exactly. I think she hasn't quite admitted it to herself. I think she doesn't want it to be Briggs. Of course. Mm-hmm. I think they're she all doesn't know. She doesn't know just... 100% in her gut. She's not going to risk his life for that. Right. Oh, definitely. And I don't know. I, I don't know if she got anything from his reaction with the with the fire detector or the smoke smoke alarm. <laughs> oh man! Didn't I love even it. notice it was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know. If, I didn't. I don't know if she noticed something in his facial expression, which leads led her to give less information or not. I think we'll find out if she has any doubts about Cortez in the future, and I'm sure she'll have some justified doubts about him by the finale. Yes. Right. <laughs> but, but let's actually go to that scene with Mike and Bello now. The last scene where we see them sitting because we just talked about how he calls him and wants to speak with him. This was super powerful. And yeah. I loved it because Bello is so put together and I like how he keeps character. He's like a he's like a steel balloon. He's being filled up with pressure and only a little bit will escape and then he holds himself back. How is that guy still looking that gorgeous in jail? He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have his silk tie. He, he doesn't is, have absolutely. his matching kerchief. And yet he's, he's got blood look, and he still so looks right. good. Hey, orange is a good color on the man. What do you want to do? <laughs> he hides his emotions so well as a character. He's a boss. That's why he got he to the place emotions. that he's at. He does. Of course. When have we seen him have emotions? We see emotions today. Well, the that fact, day we when him. he jumped out at him was when he it? when he charged at um at uh, at Mike. My when favorite he, part yeah. was when he said, "I trusted you," because that yeah. just yeah. goes to show you that from the beginning he did it, that relationship was completely and utterly built. In That's true. I guess yeah. I wasn't thinking of anger emotions because those are evident with him. I haven't seen any type of remorse yeah. or compassion. In That's that your, it, and I think that's the point of his reaction was to see that it was real that, that he that the relationship between them was real, and then we finally found out that no, he had no idea. His anger yeah. comes out so seldomly; it only came out when he found found out he was an FBI agent and it only comes out when he talks about Eddie and I think that's I think that's the reason that's another that's his remorse coming out through anger about when he talks of Eddie and Eddie was the only we came from wherever together he was the only friend I had and greatest line amazing amazing line I didn't kill him he was a human sacrifice at the altar of your sacred badge but I feel like Velo is so evil, he won't even take responsibility for that. That's his fault. It is not Mike's fault that Eddie shot himself. Bello burned his best friend's eye out. No, I yeah, think... No, I, you're absolutely right. Bello, Bello is clearly a bad guy, without a doubt. But what I think that does also is it puts Mike in more of that gray area. Because mm-hmm. I think Mike doubts... Often, what he does, you know, mm-hmm. he, he Mike probably does feel guilty a little bit about Eddie's death, mm-hmm. and then he also, you know, obviously questions whether investigating Briggs is the right thing. I mean, we see, and we'll talk about that later, that he, you know, admits that he's doing it. So, I think that 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 kind of statement puts puts Mike in a gray area. Well, with Be- well, with what Bello said, it kind of applies. They. The writers are really good with this. They like to throw in lines that apply to the other things that are happening with the other characters. Sort of like House. Yeah, and this <laughs> this one was the difference between you and me. The difference between you and me, Michael. <laughs> wow, your accent's way better than mine. 
I will pay for my sins. Uh, and that's good. If you think of it that, is. Bellow's in jail. He's paying for his sins. But the sins of Michael in the house and the sins of Michael spying on somebody he lives with. And we see, of course, this relates to Johnny. You may say that we're just six people living together, but we're a family. This is spying on a family member. Mm-hmm. So I love how a lot of the lines that are very powerfully delivered are going into the other aspects of the story. Even human sacrifice at the altar of your sacred badge. Dale Jakes, his family is a human sacrifice at the at the altar of his sacred badge. Mm-hmm. Um, Whistler was a sacrifice at the altar of Charlie's mm-hmm. sacred badge. He's manipulating him. Yeah, everything course, applies. And when he matter. says, I will pay for my sins, that's the difference between you and he. He's guilting him on the level of manipulating him, and mm. he's guilting Mike in every other thing that he's done wrong, especially because Bello, I think at this point, kind of knows that Mike is kind of faulty, especially with Eddie. The fact that he blames Bello's death on, blames Eddie's death on Bello. Yeah. He says he sees Eddie when he goes to sleep at night. Yeah. yeah. So he obviously should have tried harder to take care of his best friend, <laughs> jerk. That guy is so evil. But you got to be careful. I mean, this is a man that would kill a man sooner than have a one percent risk of him getting caught. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have well, to look out for also, number one. It's it's looking out for number one, but it's also that code. I mean, you know, he loves the westerns. Bello loves his his westerns, and there's the whole code around it. So I think it's Definitely. as much that as, as Death well as before he's honor, our, man. Like it's yeah. just. And I, it is. I gotta say, it makes me fear because Bello and Briggs's character—they are similar in ways more than you would think. And if you think Briggs wouldn't put Mike's life in danger to save his own ass, then you're—you got another thing he coming. Did. He, well, did he did. He did. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe not as blatant as it could have been. I just think that everything should be understood. I kind of want Mike to grow some Paige balls. Like, I love Paige. (laughs) I love it. No, because Paige from, like, the get-go has, like, it's one of the, you know, we're here for a job. It's a job. Or even Johnny, for that matter, because he doesn't let it get to his head. But it's better because when you just relax when you can, you just, you know, you can't, you cannot let the emotion get involved. Just like when people say it's, it's not personal, it's business. Same thing. And now, and that's why it's, oh, I'm thinking about this person. Oh, I'm thinking about this person. What yeah, but Paige got in trouble early in the season with her, with the, the guy who got shot in the first episode, right? Her, her partner, right? No, that was, no, 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 that was a different girl. Was, uh, it's only because we saw her once. Paige was wasn't Lauren. introduced yet. Oh. Yeah. Lauren and Donnie. So Paige that's hasn't right. been. I'm sorry. Paige has <laughs> been the gun the female from the whole characters time. Yes. from the pilot to the, to the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was just, right. just that was, um, that was created so that the room was available for Mike. Yeah. Definitely. They that's bo- right. And so they could, they needed another female character. I, I could tell between the first episode and the second, they're like, we need some Mike Andy. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do about this people? Yeah, they have a job to do. They do it well. Well, Mike kind of is skidding on it, but you have a job to do as the viewer, and that's going to <laughs> iTunes, go. nice. typing in After Buzz Graceland, and giving us a nice five-star rating, or, I mean, you can give less, but we wouldn't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we might pull the bell on you. <laughs> so definitely give us a five-star rating, leave us a comment, tell us what you think of our after show, any improvements you'd like to make, any comments you want to us to know about, predictions or anything. Also, swing by our YouTube page, give that a thumbs up, and write your comments, because we love reading them. We like figuring out where everyone else is at so we can decide if we are feeling bad because you're smarter than us. I, have, I, have seen, I have seen some opinions of our YouTube commenters and our iTunes commenters. I'm like, they're so right. Oh, I know. The other day, this girl. This. Yeah, that's so funny. I know. I love that, too, because especially when it's something that I don't think of, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah. 
one of our YouTube commenters suggested that the relationship between Juan and the friend that used to be Briggs Partners was romantic in nature. They weren't that's brothers, an interesting they weren't look, friends, yeah. but that's Whoa. when one of them suggested, like once in a lifetime type thing. Love us. And I, don't yeah. think, I don't know if we'll get to find out, just because Juan's dead now, the partner's dead now, and I, I, they, they, Briggs had never met Juan, so of course he wouldn't know if he was a significant other or brother or well, anything. Well, that's a, that's a good yeah, point. It brings us to so, so twisted. So Mike, after leaving the hospital before he should, going to prison, getting sucker punched, writing the wound, is back at home. Just needs to rest, this poor guy, and he gets <laughs> called in by his FBI boss. Yes. Well, yes. I want to point out that when Mike gets home after being sucker punched by Bello, like that's that's when Charlie sets off on her. Like I got to find out who made this call. Charlie's obsessed because oh, Charlie yeah. knows it was yeah. Odin because they didn't because the guy didn't show up to meet Bello. Right. So Charlie right. knows it's Odin that made that call to get mm. m- to get Bello into the meeting room when they two were there. And it's it's your typical your rat. It's like she sm- she smells a rat because there's no way there's no way Odin's that good. She didn't you know because if it isn't Briggs, if it isn't somebody at the house, it's somebody letting them know because they're. Uh, they're good. I mean, our government is not ahead of She's getting yeah. so much closer this episode. Because before it was, I know that Briggs is connected to Bello in some way. Mm-hmm. Some way. But now, To Bello or Odin? To, to Odin. Odin. To Odin. Yeah. yeah, Briggs is connected to Odin in some way. And now this episode, we have the, the meeting between Bello and... Uh, but meeting between her and Mike and Bella walks in. Now she knows it's an agent mm-hmm. because only an agency official would know about that. The timings for that meeting for those meetings. Right. And this is where she really is starting to think it's Briggs. And Briggs wants her to drop it. She's like, yeah, and he's you won't harder. even help. Right. Yeah. Why aren't you working as hard as me? He's right. working against himself, though, because she's just becoming more and more, more suspicious. suspicious, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I loved I loved that she sat there and was like, and when she said something, what did she do? Flip the page, like, nope, I'm going to keep going and <laughs> catch her ass. Excuse me. And yeah. he says, I'll help you tomorrow. I know. Hey, Manana. Manana. Okay, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now let's, what we, what was. So, Mike gets called in and the rest of the people in the house are like, whoa, getting your props, took down Big Bellow. And that's what Mike's preparing for, to get a medal or accolades of some sort. Instead, he walks in, we see this FBI agent we've never seen before. Yes. He's, yeah, he's, he's older and stiffer than most of the agents we've seen. Yeah. Even the superiors. And he's like, I wish I was here to give you a medal. Not at all. No. Slides right. over across the table. A nine-year-old guilt-inducing. <laughs> it's a nice it's, job. Yeah, it's a childhood picture that had right. been drawn, talking about why Mike wanted to be an FBI agent so bad. Got when a lot I of grow professional up, guilt. I know, right? How did they have that? What kid well, signs no, his name was, you know MW? What, <laughs> you know what was so good about that also was to show like um, kind of the what the whole point is. It's almost like a motivator too. Just remember, no matter what's going on, like let's bring it back to to its innocence and to why you would want to be, which is good. Which I feel like any one of everybody who's in the FBI at one point probably felt that way. You know, wanted to protect, and then it's just one of those things where you get involved, and then you're like, oh, it's not really what it is. Like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And so now this guy is kind of smart because he's like, let's go about it the other way. Since he's so sentimental, feels good about his grandpa. It's another, I think, 
apparently everyone knows they can manipulate Mike. So I'm doing that right now. Definitely. Well, and I think it also continues to push Mike into that gray area. You know, like, are you a good guy? Are you a bad guy? Mm -hmm. You know, he shows him the thing like. Check yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which one are you? You know, you came here to be an FBI agent and your job is to investigate Paul Mm -hmm. Briggs. And Juan, in his recent reports, had been saying that Mike was not showing respect to his authority. Right. He was going against. Well, I knew that was going to happen with this pen. Going against what he was saying. And so Mike's in hot water here. They're like, are you good and are you bad? And what we need you to find out is, is Briggs good and is Briggs bad? (laughs) Yeah. Because Mike had drawn a little good boy, bad boy on there. Well, I also think it's interesting. You brought up, Stephen, about, uh, you know, is there going to be higher ups now that Juan is dead that maybe there are higher ups in the FBI that are pushing the investigation into Briggs mm-hmm. and there's a larger conspiracy at work. And mm. is this guy part of it or, you know, you know how I know that that's the, that they're going that route is the fact that the agent that gave Mike the drawing knew about the heroin. He knew that Briggs was a recovering heroin addict. So it wasn't just Juan going crazy. It, it wasn't being just suspicious. Juan yeah. that sent Mike out to do this. It mm-hmm. was Juan, and it got authorization from higher ups, and that's how they're going to burn notice it. Basically, with the story arc. Briggs, you're blacklisted. Yeah, <laughs> when you're a spy. <laughs> um, we got about eight minutes to get through this. Are you serious? Yeah, because we got to we got to get to Colin Walker. Yeah. All righty. Well, <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so that's all that. Well, well, basically the uh, the old stiff FBI agent says Juan's missing. We need you to find out if Briggs had anything to do with it. Yep. And the same right. story hasn't stopped. So we'll see what happens. Well, Mike goes back to the house and tells Paige the everything that happens, and shocker of the night tells Briggs. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting move on his part. I was screaming, don't do it, Mike. Don't do it, Mike. Briggs is evil. Well, and I think it's interesting. He talks uh, on the beach later about why he did it because he wants to see the look on his face yes, exactly. when he says Juan Padillo. So even though he's coming clean, I don't think he's completely off the case. Yeah. I think he's still trying to find out the truth. If only for himself or for the FBI. Right, of course. Yeah, Yeah. and then we do see when Briggs looks it up, his face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's shocked. This guy, if he was Jangles, is an FBI agent. And Briggs probably feels terrible. Well, oh, yeah. I, he all, I, he unless feels, he thinks it's still Jangles. Then no, he, he won't think no, it's still Jangles. No, he, he realizes he screwed up. Yeah. He was investigating him on tape. The real Jangles would have just, yeah, no. Yeah. It's... It's going to be interesting how they pull that up and having Dale know about the tape. We see that in the previews. Unless there's another tape, the writers like to do that again. <laughs> Dale is investigating parrots and they're on tape. The parrots are on tape saying something. I mean, I don't know. It's There could be another tape that Dale's talking about and yeah. that's always how they pull it. But I want to get in the house. Yeah, everything is awry in the house. While this was an yeah. incredibly fun episode, the dynamics blew up. Yeah. Yeah. So we see from the start... Johnny throws a crazy party for Jake's every year. The King's Castle. <laughs> so funny. Bounce house. Right. Bounce house inside. And strippers. What? And so, if you, you viewers like the man show, I that's know, what we're talking about. <laughs> Hadn't seen it. it. 
wasn't in on the joke. But Jake's <laughs> walks in. He's like, what are you guys planning? What are you guys planning? He knows. This is right. a reoccurring yes. thing every year. I think it's hysterical. I yeah. want some good news, too. I loved it. We just throw Steven a secret surprise party every year. <laughs> yeah. No, I, never, I bet I he would not invited. be. Right. <laughs> so Spark Notes rushing through this. Um Mike's trying to, I mean, Johnny's trying to set up stuff. He comes up with strippers in a bounce house. Dale tries to, sneaks into his room, cancels the bounce house. Johnny's one step ahead of him, gets it, of course. And then they have the party, and Dale doesn't show up. And this is where we're left with Johnny. Well, the party, the party was really funny. The yeah. bounce house is inside. Yeah. The strippers are jumping inside. Nobody's playing along. Nobody's yeah. having fun. <laughs> Poor Johnny. I know. Johnny's loving every second of it. Charlie won't stop working. Mike not there. I can't imagine filming this scene and like having so much fun doing. <laughs> like the, the group's probably like yeah, no, that was off. so hilarious. Yeah. All of it was that was so hilarious. No way. Just having been and seen those strippers were tired by the end of that. Yeah, they they were. You know, they're standing back there like. Ah. <laughs> Do we have to bounce again? <laughs> They're like, uh, cut, we need more smiles. <laughs> we need Johnny to stare more. Can we do another uh, take? Oh, I loved no. how Johnny was just sti- that like, was zoned the, out. He, he does this so good. I'm I getting my those, soul like, prepared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Johnny was, this was his funniest episode. He's yeah, always he hilarious. He's on a roll. So Johnny's the line after he used to braid your hair. Remember when you used to braid your hair? So Johnny sets this party up. Nobody's really into it. They all got other things in their mind. Um, Charlie's really trying to dig up these phone records. Not a part of it at all. Briggs finally convinces her, but not really. She just takes a knife and destroys the king's castle. King's castle. He's like, just you know, get bouncing, bouncing. Just get bouncing. <laughs> oh my god! You know, it's interesting about Johnny is, is is that character is one of the most morally clear yes, characters absolutely. in the whole show. You know, because he is truly good. And he puts on the face really well, but he's morally good. He talks about family. In this show, you know, he's talking to the stripper, mother stripper, yeah. you know, about his childhood yeah. and well, everything I, else. I didn't but, think he was. Yeah. Whenever he first slept with that crazy hippie drug dealer, yeah. I was no, like, I that don't was know just, if he's good or what not. What are you talking really? about? That was just the man in him, of Yeah, course. he was just having fun. He was fun. just trying to get booty. It seemed, it seemed morally corrupt. <laughs> you know, he's like, hey, if I'm going to do it, kill... To, uh, Julie, what is it? Kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> let me let me just say this. Even cops kind of some of them think the war on drugs and the whole marijuana thing is kind of a joke. So I mean, not those cops. Johnny, I mean Johnny. His his his. <laughs> he does seem like not somebody, the ones who are investigating. If he, cop, yeah. he would get his high. logic behind sleeping with her is like, dude, she sells weed. Like really? I mean, come on. No, but he's she was also a freak. 20, that was a freak. You know, he yeah. just wants to get laid. Yeah, of Seriously, course. That's so, really, that's all that under was. the excuse of. I'm undercover. Either way, yes. Johnny is the peacemaker in the house. Yes, certainly. It reminds me of my And it's refreshing. It It really is refreshing every time he says that. And it was, I I loved it when that scene with, you know, Jake gets frustrated and he, you know, announces all that because it's good. Everyone needed to hear that. Like, relax. And no one is. We gotta, we gotta keep going. So Jake's Jake's. not showing up to his own party. Such Mm -hmm. a stick in the mud all the time. (laughs) He hangs out out with his ex-wife's new boyfriend, who's currently raising his son. Who's awesome, by the way. Derek is super cool. Yeah, Derek is. He finds out they're in hot water. Derek's not going home tonight. He's giving his lady some space. And immediately, Jake's is like. 
yep. back in. I know. Hey, you gotta do what you Jake, gotta do. Jake's 3 a.m. thinks he's gonna go win his ex-wife back over after seven years of being missing in action, and it goes and drunk. terribly wrong. I don't know it why. It couldn't have gone worse. Because he was drinking, he had that liquid courage. Wait, so 3 a.m. drunk? It doesn't uh, work? Man, it's just not romantic to her. And you know what sucks, too, is that Cassandra said, or Cassie, whatever her name is, she said, um, don't ever come back ever. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm, I'm wondering. This, yeah, yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was heartbreaking. So he goes back to the house. Yeah. Immediately sees Johnny. Bam. Johnny nice. surprise. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Worst friend. He wins the second worst friend of this episode. Of work. <laughs> Next to Briggs, yes, Briggs, getting yes. Michael yes. I want you. I want you to put yourself in Dale's position for a second, though. Just think about it, because. I know people that associate certain days with yeah, of with course. happy memories, mm-hmm. and it just makes them sadder. Yes. And Dale, I can imagine having his family, like his birthday, and having his family there to celebrate it with him, and then now having his birthday and not. Yeah. I mean, so it's really got to hurt, and having people try to be there when he really doesn't care about these people yeah, that much, it's just kind of a false, It's a he feels it's a false affection. And, and Dale doesn't have to explain himself either to like when he says don't throw me a birthday party he's kind of hoping like please just respect my wishes I don't have yeah. to tell and you Johnny, because I lost my wife and son Johnny's doing it a little bit for the affection of Jake's but also a lot for a so joke just give everyone and because to he's having a blast yeah. well and he even says after the fight I'm doing it for everybody uh, yeah, for all of yes, house, he does you know oh man so they get into a big scuffle I thought it was going to get more intense it was a lot of yelling it yeah. was but it was I'm sorry it was super hot <laughs> oh, it was so hot. Manny, or Manny, um, Johnny was so cute with that. Bam! Well, because I never saw him that mad. That was like the yeah. most serious. I was surprised that he was got up most, and talked by Yeah, yeah. And that was cool, yeah. They spread apart. They're all in their own areas of the house. Johnny gives the house a reckoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? This is our day job. Yeah. We need this. And you're all robbing it from each other. Yeah. Right, yeah. I want to point this out about Johnny. And they show it to us last episode, which I think is great, especially before this one. Johnny is the so lax guy. Like, he's always just trying to get late, all that, things like that. But then we go back to last episode where we meet Violetta, and Johnny really, like, wanted something with Violetta. But he can't because of his job. And that just clues us in a little bit that Johnny, somewhere in him, has something somewhat against Graceland and how it's secluding him away with only these people. And this just kind of releases it. Like, look, this is the only six people who we can be ourselves with. Like, this is a family. I don't care what you say. Mm -hmm. I don't care that we're not related. We live together and we die for each other. Like, this is a family. It, if that's not... Yeah. I know. Yeah. Can't we all just get along? Well, I like to <laughs> we're the only <laughs> friends we're allowed right. to have. Yes. He's just trying to make the point that you don't have to take it to heart. You don't have to, like, claim me as your blood brother. But we're, they, they truly are whatever they have. And they are going to fall apart if they don't look out for each other. That's the whole point of them being honest. That's the whole point of the house. is so that they survive and so that they do a better job at their jobs. And didn't jo- isn't Johnny's dad not a part of the equation growing up, right? He had... Well, he talks about my mom had to take care of the four of us. And yeah, else, so, so that's even more. Like, you got to be out for each other. You're a family. Like, and that even throws it out more. His character didn't have a father growing up. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you got to look out for each other even more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I think, yeah, I think they all hear him and they all realize it, but there's so much else going on. Yeah, there's so the much mistrust. Yeah. No. It's how can they? How can they be family with each other when they can't trust the intentions? Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll get into predictions in a minute, but I got to say, we have Colin Walker, who is 
a fantastic actor. He's Thank an F- he's an agent. I don't know. Are you an FBI agent? I am special agent uh, Jim Collington. On interesting. How funny, right? On David Simon's Treme, the HBO show. And you've yep. also just uh, premiered in The Butler as I can't. I can never pronounce the last name. I I don't know why it's. Lee Daniels, the butler? No, your character's last name. Oh, uh, John Ehrlichman. Ehrlichman. Yeah. Because yeah, I read yeah. it and I'm like, it looks yes. like it's something different. Yes, because there's a CH in the middle. Yeah. Lichtenstein. Yeah. So how has oh, it been? Lichtenstein. How has it been having a part in such an iconic movie for this year? Because this is, a lot of people are saying it's one of the best movies of 2013. And with some of the other competition out there this year, it's, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really exciting to be in the number one movie last weekend, and it and it looks like it could yeah. have a, a really strong performance this weekend. And you know, I think it's an important movie. I think the the pedigree of talent of everybody involved is just it's just such an honor to be on that cast list with all of the people involved from top to bottom. Um, and, and it's exciting to be in a movie with this much excitement around it. Certainly. Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You were you were talking a little bit before sorry one you're talking a little bit before how about how it's a, a wig movie yeah. <laughs> it is uh I was joking it's the the hair piece movie I actually have a a, a comb over in the movie <laughs> and now I'm really grateful that comb overs are not no longer in style that is too funny. <laughs> yeah awesome. so the, my my wig was literally it was just glued to the side of my head and then oh, and we would be sh- we were shooting and we'd take a break and I'd go oh I'm gonna go to the bathroom and I'd look in the mirror and I, who's that guy <laughs> It was scary. So, um, and a few friends of mine are in it, and they all have you know hair pieces, and 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 I think Oprah goes through like generations of hair pieces. Well, that's pretty much Oprah's every day. That's true. That is very true. Yeah. So she's like, I need new eyelash hair pieces. I need new eyebrow hair pieces. I was going to ask, what is it like to play an agent and then be a fan of a show like? Yeah. What's it like to play a cop? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I play. I've played everything from a prison guard on Days of Our Lives <laughs> all the way through, like, you know, Ehrlichman in this movie is a, is a White House chief of counsel. I've been every version of a cop there is, uh, like, show me the drugs and Whoa. everything else. It's Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm just glad there are a lot of cops on TV. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, how do, so you, how do you get in the frame of mind to be a cop? Do you know cops? Just from, are you no, basing it off of other cop characters on well, TV? Well, I like to joke that I spent so many years of my youth running away from them. I know what they look like. (laughs) No, you know, it's just, it's all about authority. It's all about authority. And I think the haircut does a, does a lot for it too. Um, but you know, playing, playing a fed on a show as, uh, iconic as Treme working with, you know, David Simon created The Wire, which is one of the, you know, Mm -hmm. most amazing cop shows, cops and robbers, if you will, um, with so many great characters. So it's been so much fun to, to do more than just kind of the typical, you know, uh, you know, pull them over and arrest them or, or, or something like that. So it's fun to see because in, in our show in Treme, it, we, we talked about this with this show is like, the twists and turns in this one episode take us an entire season because there right. are a lot of other characters and storylines in our show that aren't just cop related. So mm-hmm. it's fun for me to watch a show like Graceland that's so well written and so much because it engages you so much wondering like what's going to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. all four of us were glued to the what's going to happen next week mm-hmm. because you really wonder. So I, you know, I love watching other cop shows because I think they're exciting, uh, you know, entertainment. 
It definitely whets your appetite every episode. Yes. You're not disappointed by what happens. It was Absolutely. there's there's not any setup or character development episodes. Right. Just like yes. plots <laughs> and stories. Yeah. So what kind of preparation do you have to do to prepare for your character in The Butler as a real life person who existed before? How much how much study did you do into the person's life before you portrayed them? You know, it, I mean, interestingly, the first thing I did was go to Wikipedia okay. and then use that as a butler. <laughs> looked at the picture. Oh, I guess I do look a little like him with a hairpiece and, and then go into, you know, who he was historically. And interestingly, this script was written by uh, Danny Strong, who wrote uh, Game Change. He's, you know, won an Emmy for that, which was a story about uh, Sarah Palin and uh, for HBO. And he's just such a great writer. And all of the stuff, even in our, you know, f- one of our four page scenes, there was so much historical fact uh, that we were talking about that I really it was a history lesson. And I'm originally from New Orleans and we're talking about uh, the change of the South. The South used to be staunchly democratic. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the Nixon administration, one of the things they did was they changed Nixon uses civil rights as sort of a ploy to get more votes. And he switched it, and now the South is staunchly Republican. And so it's interesting as a Southerner to have to learn all of that historical and then also to know who this character was. I mean, people uh, of my parents' generation, when I say I, I, you know, I'm playing Ehrlichman, they all know Ehrlichman as a bad guy because he was he was really involved in Watergate with Nixon and everything mm. else. So so it was interesting to have to look into who he was. Um, and it, but, you know, when the, when it all came down to it, it was just. The three of us in a room talking and telling this story. So did you have it? I haven't yet seen The Butler. Right. And I'm sure I will go see it after speaking with you. What is, do you have any <laughs> yeah, scenes? Do you have any scenes with Oprah or Forrest Whitaker? I don't. I have a couple scenes with uh, John Cusack and uh, John Cusack plays Nixon. Uh, I play Ehrlichman and Alex Manette plays uh, Haldeman. Mm-hmm. We are his two key advisors. And Forrest is, uh, the, is the butler and he comes in and serves us. But interestingly, he's, he's a silent, he's a silent witness. The 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 character is Which a silent witness. That's what I witness. love about that. Yeah, that's the yeah. one thing I know about this movie. Yeah, he's a silent cool. witness to all of the most important civil rights decisions from you know the fifties through the eighties, and um, so so my interactions with Forrest were minimal. I mean, it was wonderful to be on set with him, but our characters didn't right. interact. So. So how was how was the passion on set was the with the directing with everything down to the acting what was your experience with working with such a prestigious amount of people a prestigious class of people in the in the film industry it it was great you know um it, you know i thought you know i know uh john cusack had only come in for a couple of days to do this smaller role for him uh as nixon but he was so well prepared and everybody was so well prepared i mean cusack was saying oh here do you want my you know nixon biography to look through some of this stuff it's in my trailer and you know everybody was really welcoming and really great and but everybody was really concerned with making this the best they could and in fact it was interesting because we had uh, lee daniels the director had it set up one way and when we came in um the research actually all three of us had done john alex and myself 
all of the pictures of, uh, of Nixon and his advisors were sitting around the desk. And so we were all kind of saying, well, you know, they're always at the desk talking and writing and stuff. And, and so Lee was said, okay, well, let's change it. And so they kind of <laughs> took everything apart and we moved over to the desk and put it all together there. So, you know, it was just great that we were, everybody was there doing the best they could to put together this, this piece of work. Nice. Yeah. And, Acting is all about experiences. The the more you've experienced in your life, the better you can portray different things that you're going to go into with what role you're given. Mm. And through this role, where do you kind of feel your where do you feel your next project should be? Like what is your what's the next role that you'd love to do after experiencing something like this, already doing a time period piece and being such a political piece and one of a very I keep saying the word prestigious, but through its opinions and through how it's affecting people seeing it prestigious films yeah i you know i i i think i i always look at it's interesting we talked earlier about so many anti-heroes on television now you know and i know you're done with all the (laughs) anti-heroes seriously are there no good people left well you know i mean we live in a great world character have to be a murderer (laughs) no but i mean you know i you know you look at someone like brian cranston on on breaking bad Mm -hmm. or you look at you know uh, not a lot of people saw it but uh kelsey grammar on the star show uh boss was just amazing and and i think we live in an era now where you can do a 10 or 12 episode season on, on on cable of some really great characters and a show like graceland has such a ensemble cast to play such a great character like i would love to do something political important like a show like boss where kelsey grammar plays the mayor of of uh chicago maybe like house of cards although that has all anti-heroes there's not a good person on that show Really, you don't Not think so? One. Unfortunately, I think it's just um, it's just ident- identifying with everyone else more. I think it's just what's more real, the hero or the antihero. Unfortunately, I don't know. Whenever Lost was going on, I liked Jack more than Sawyer. Who, Give me we, a real hero. Lost. Well, we're running a little bit over, yeah. but is there anything we can see you in in the future aside from definitely go? Everyone listening, how can we support go to you? The butler. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the butler is out, and then uh, Treme starts December first. Awesome. So, and I got a couple other things in the works, but they'll be further on. And nice. where can we find you on Twitter to follow you for social media? Everything is under thecolinwalker.com. So the it's thecolinwalker.com at Twitter at thecolinwalker. Facebook at the Colin Walker. Okay. Well, well I'd love go. to hear some of your predictions for Graceland. Let's get into it. Tradition. Predictions. Predictions. Um, they're setting up for the next show. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm going to say ladies first. Okay. Okay. All right. So predictions. We didn't get a lot of future information about the next few episodes. We got two more, and we know that it's a two-part season finale. My first prediction off the bat, Briggs said, no, Mike, I'm not going to help you find the car. It would look like a cover-up. Yes, Briggs is going to try to find the car. Of course he is. That is like going to be his big scramble. Oh, it's not a scramble at all. He knows exactly where it is. He knows exactly. He knows exactly where he was. He knows where he killed Jangles, and I mean, it's a cop car. I think the scramble is going to be to try to get rid of the evidence. I mean. Oh yeah, yes. of course. To yeah, try yeah, to yeah. fix that situation. Uh, I think before the end of the season, that Paige and Mike are going to hook up in some way. You yeah. think? I do think that maybe. maybe Jake sees his son. Wow! I can't believe there's only two episodes left. So much I stuff's going to happen. So nuts. And I think that. 
yeah, it's going to come down to, this is a bold prediction, okay? I think it's going to come down to Briggs giving up himself as Odin to save Charlie's life from Jangles. I think that Bellow's going to help them get Odin. You think Bellow's not done? I think he's going to oh, I think he's going to let them know. One. I think we're going to see Abby like a ransom of some sort. Yeah. Go, go, go. Uh, yeah. Okay, no, that's, I don't know. That's it. Go. You go. I think, uh, I think Jangles finds out that Briggs is Odin. I think Julie has a good point with, uh, Briggs might give up himself as Odin to get Jangles, but I think it's going to be in front of Jangles and Charlie. Charlie, yes. And I definitely think that Abby's coming back for a little scene. And, um, definitely. Let's yeah. also say that either Mike and Paige hook up or they kill Paige. So, I gotta right. keep up with the page, guys. Death, right? We will be off next week, but the following week we will see you for part one of the season finale with Joe. Dale Jakes in the studio right yes. here. Yes, Brendan's coming back. Executive producer Joe Henderson. Woo. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fantastic. Where can we find you, Julie? I'm Julie Park. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook at J U L I E P A R T I N. And I'm Stephanie Georgie. You can find me at Stephanie Georgie, G-I-O-R-G-I. And I'm Stephen Lemieux. You can find me at Stephen Lemieux. And be sure to go see The Butler in theory. In theater. In theory and in reality. (laughs) Definitely follow our guest, Colin Walker, on Twitter and social media. Thanks for joining us this week. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.